What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming off a win against the rebuilding Houston Rockets, 118 to 106. And coming to you on a special Christmas episode of the Paceroos. I'm joined today by just Justin because Alex is helping Santa deliver presents across the world right now. So he's unavailable. But uh, let's talk about the present that we got from the Indiana Pacers today. A win against the Houston Rockets. Uh, I really struggle to admit this, but... I know that I'm not alone here. was kind of hoping for a different result just because you want to see the the rebuild sort of happen, um, particularly with how bad we looked against the Heat earlier in the week. But just because we, we beat the Houston Rockets doesn't mean we've stopped being a bad basketball team this season, Justin. Yeah, that's correct. And um, is that what Alex told you? He was helping out Santa. I thought he threw in the towel and he gave up, but uh, I'm no, just no, joking. He's, uh, he's delivering all those Duarte jerseys across the Southern Hemisphere. Oh, he's a good man. Good man, Alex. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Look, uh, win against Houston, although I actually did enjoy today's game. I did enjoy watching it. It was probably the, one of the more entertaining games. It was free-flowing. It's good offense, um, some good plays. So that was good as a one-day result, but yeah, long-term today didn't mean too much. And um, yeah, I think we haven't really spoken in a while. I think, you know, we maybe do have to touch on Herb Simon's comments because yeah. um, that's been the big news and we've probably missed out on it. Although we did predict it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we had it two weeks before he said it, but I think to be honest, I haven't really wanted to record since those comments because they made me so angry. I mean, the, the condescension of saying, I love this little team or I love our little team, uh, it can't be understated. Like that's a really condescending way to refer to a professional sporting organization. We shouldn't be a little team. We shouldn't aspire to be a little team and we shouldn't be seen as a little team. We should be seen as a professional sporting organization. A, you know, some, uh, an organization that produces better players than when they arrived at the club, an organization that always strives to win a championship and does what it needs to do to set itself up for the present and the future. And for the longest time, you could kind of say that the Pacers did that. I mean, even going through the Jim O'Brien era, retooling through David West, drafting Paul George, you know, building a a contender, a bona fide contender. Um, People forget in 2014, uh, we were first in the conference and then the Danny Granger trade happened and, and we fell in a heap because we lost our heart and soul that season. But I think, you know, this ball club has shown previously that it is willing to retool. Um, I struggle though with the comments from Herb Simon because one, they're, they're quite condescending, which kind of speaks to the perception of him as an owner around the NBA that he, he doesn't want to bottom out He's happy to be really just a competitive team year on year. He wants people to see a competitive product, um, but he's not willing to make the hard choice to win a championship, which I think Justin speaks to what we've been talking about on this podcast for two plus years now. Yeah. And I completely back up every single word you said there. I couldn't agree more. And I'll just take another tidbit from his, his interview. And that was him saying, I think, the Pacers could get any free agent in the NBA apart from the top three or four players. And, you know, how do you sell that to a fan base that the biggest yeah. free agent signing they've ever got is David West? So, 
you know, if you think it's doable, why don't you do it? You, you know, if if we had a track record of maybe getting, you know, maybe like Toronto did with Kawhi, or I know that was a trade, but um, some free agent, you'd be like, oh, look, they at least did get one superstar once. But saying outside of, say, LeBron, KD and Steph and Giannis, like we can attract these free agents. I mean, that that's just downright lying to the fan base. It, it can't happen and it won't happen. Um, I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong on that, but... Yeah, I, I do agree with everything you said. It's um, angered me a lot personally as a as a twenty year plus Pacer fan. Definitely angered me. Um, I expected a whole different. Well, I didn't expect it. I wanted different quotes saying, you know, maybe it's time we look towards the future. Uh, this team isn't currently working. We've tried it for two or three years. We haven't been healthy. That's what I kind of wanted instead of like, oh, Kevin's been built a hell of a team. Um, how are you going to say that when we're just above Orlando and Detroit in the standings? Like you can't, you can't, it, it angered the fan base. There was that day where they said Twitter was angry and they deservedly should be. Um, probably the first time I've thought, I can't wait till the Pacers have a new owner. Yeah. There were the, the sell the team sentiment was all of a sudden in full flight on Twitter, which I hadn't seen before. And Twitter has been around since 2011 been a user there for 10 years and I haven't before seen the fan base, um, you know, express that they're unhappy with ownership to the point where they want ownership to sell the team. There is always those couple of people on Twitter that are never happy regardless of what happens. But, you know, there, there hasn't been that wide, wide ranging sell the team sentiment uh, from social media before that I've seen. Um, and, and I guess over the last 10 years, aside from the last couple of years, there's been no reason to be that way. In 2011, we were building, we built up to a really good team. Paul George broke his leg. Um, even the the Paul George trade demand uh, didn't have echoes of, um, you know, sell the team or, or ownership is the problem because that was a Paul George driven decision and Paul George suffered, I guess, most of the blame for that decision. So I think... Um, it's new to me to see Pacers fans so vitriolic against the owner and it's not a bad thing. I think, I mean, you know, you can cross lines, but I think it's pretty healthy for the fan base to be questioning ownership and giving that feedback to say, this is not good enough. We will not accept this because, you know, even if we were eighth in the East uh, with this lineup, there still wouldn't be people going to the games. It's not an exciting team to watch. And it was interesting watching the Houston game in parts today, you know, we didn't have two guys that have been our leading scorers the last couple of seasons, um, but they they play at a so, slow pace. Malcolm Brogdon, Domas Sabonis, both play at a slowish pace. They both, you know, Domas is an old school, back down, uh, wants to get his points inside, wants to clean up, do the dirty work on the offensive boards. He's, you know, he's very, very good at what he does, but he's not a fast break player. Malcolm Brogdon is one of the slowest point guards in the league, you know, on the eye test. He, he doesn't really push the break at all. Maybe that's a coaching thing. Maybe it's just a Malcolm thing. I would guess that it's more of a Malcolm thing than a coaching thing because he hasn't at any point really in his career. But, you know, you saw a guy like Karis LeVert that, I mean, his shot selection this year has been horrible, but when he had the ball in his hands today is the primary initiator of the offense, the primary distributor of the ball, um, he looked at home in that role. And there's a reason that, I mean, in the off season, uh, we talked about 
Um, you know, the uh, the push to get Karis LeVert to be a point guard on this team and the push to get the ball in his hands more. We just haven't seen that when Malcolm Brogdon has been on the floor so much. And I think, you know, today you look at the starting lineup, you look at Justin Holiday, O'Shea Brissett, Chris Duarte, Miles Turner. What do they all have in common? They can hit an open three-pointer. They can stretch the floor. So Karis LeVert, 11 assists, you know, 24 points, didn't shoot the ball all that well, but he got to the line eight times um, and he had 11 assists. So he was attacking the basket. He was able to find the space to get to the basket. And, you know, this is one of those things where you look at it and think, well, what could this team be if you had a guy like Karis LeVert surrounded by shooters? And even though we were playing a terrible team tonight, Justin, is that kind of a future or something that, you know, the fans can hold on to? Yeah, I think so. And although you don't want to see anyone out for injury, it'd be nice to see maybe if Domas and Malcolm are out a game or two more just to see how Pacers do against maybe some quality opposition. I know we've got Chicago coming up twice and Charlotte, I think. Um, so, you know, those games against Chicago will be real competitive uh, against, you know, a division rival. So if we still run with Karras uh, running the point and Miles, it'd be interesting to see, hey, what 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 could this team be? Um without Domas and, Mike, and Malcolm. I know we can't trade Malcolm yet, but yeah, I just enjoyed today's game. I haven't actually enjoyed many games this season yet, which is a bit sad to say, but um, yeah, Miles, 30 and 10. Like I said, we've got to mention again, Adam just mentioned it, but yeah, Houston are probably the worst team in the league maybe. So um, yeah, you don't want to take too much from it, but um, I think this is what Miles has been preaching. You know, he's saying, if I get the looks, He's not trading, uh, demanding a trade. He's saying, if I get looks, I can be this type of player. And you see tonight, he put up 30 and 10. You know, earlier in the year against Washington, when he got extra looks, he put up 40. So um, he's the modern day big. Sabonis isn't. So that's my only reason why we should keep Miles and let Sabonis go would be because of that. Miles can do it all, block shots, shoot threes. And he actually posted up, best game I've seen Miles post up today. Um I think like all these field goals bar one was a three-pointer, which you rarely see. So um, yeah, interesting. Do you, know why? Do you know why he could post up? Because Spacing, I guess. Spacing. He had the space. He didn't have a guy that wanted to score inside next to him or on the other block. I mean, it, it it's just basic basketball that if you have only one big on the floor that wants to score inside and everyone else is happy to take an outside shot or happy to catch the ball on the perimeter, you're going to create better spacing. You're going to create an easier path to the basket for a good big man. And Miles has been wildly inconsistent this season. He has put up 40 and 30 point games. He's also put up two and zero point games. Um, he has been terribly inconsistent. And, you know, that's the, that's the big, the one big issue that I have with Miles is, even if he did trade Sabonis, even if you did give him the rock, is he going to be able to consistently produce? Because he hasn't actually proven that he can in any situation so far this year. Now, if Domas misses a couple of weeks and the Pacers get a look at Miles Turner as a focal point of the offense, Miles Turner as the sole big man out there with Rick Carlisle running plays for him and giving him the opportunity to score, who knows what you might see? You might see a different Miles Turner. I don't really think that'll be the case because he has been so inconsistent um, over his career, but particularly this year, we've seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Do you think that, you know, if 
if Domas's injury is even moderate to severe, is it better to see what you have with Miles and rest Domas for the next couple of weeks? Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, yes. I, 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 from my point of view, it's a yes. But from the team's point of view, it's a no. Unfortunately, I was looking at the standings just then and I thought, geez, this team better not sell us on. Oh, we're only a few games out of that playing spot now. New York is struggling. Atlanta's struggling. Like, we can still slot in and maybe get things right by the end of the year, we could push for a playoff spot. Like, I just think you got to look towards the future now. And, you know, we've said it, we'll keep on saying it, this team needs to make a deal before the trade deadline. They rarely do. But um, I just think it's time to, hey, let's navigate towards the future. And to go more back on the Herb Simon stuff as well, I actually did mention it a few weeks ago. I remember saying, you know, in life, you kind of believe what you want to believe. But I believed Kevin Pritchard had that, hey, we need to rebuild, talk to Herb Simon, and Herb Simon said no. Um, so people, you know, sh- throwing shots at KP, I know he's our boy, we'll always stick up for him. Could he have done things better? Yes. But, you know, K- KP has said, I think this team needs to rebuild, and it's the owner who said no. So um, you can't do much when your boss says, nah, sorry, mate, we're not doing it. Um, I just want to say one more comment, Adam, about that article that really triggered me. I can't get over it. I know we've moved on to the game, but... When he said, oh, fans don't want to see rebuilding. Oh. Like, I'll, I'll let you because I I don't want to swear. Okay. So, fans... Okay. <laughs> I, will, I will turn his comment back on him. Fans want to see a championship. How do you get to a championship? How do you get to being a contender for a championship? And we've said it ad nauseum on this show. It is not via the means that they have used so far. Every championship contender over the last 20 years has drafted uh, one or more great players that has resulted in that team being a contender. Every now and again, you get a team like the Lakers or the Heat or Golden State that end up trading for or acquiring a superstar in free agency. The Pacers aren't getting Kevin Durant in free agency, LeBron James in free agency. That's not happening. But what they can do is they can draft a guy like Chris Duarte. They can draft a number of younger guys that are, you know, in Duarte's case, 24, but under the age of 20, 24 and under, let's say. And they can use those salaries because rookies don't get paid a whole hell of a lot and they'll have cap room to be able to fill out the roster and potentially overpay for some 
good to great players that are happy to come on a max or happy to come on a on a high salary, pair them with those draftees, many draftees. I'm talking two, three, four guys that you've drafted over a four or five year span and compete for a championship. That's how this works. Now, sometimes there's a hell of a lot of luck involved in that. Milwaukee is the key example. They drafted a guy late in the lottery that ended up being one of the best players we've seen the last 20 years. So you have to, but fans want a championship. Like the thing that I don't understand, the thing that I, I can't really accept with the greatest respect to Herb Simon, he's 87 years old. Does he want to see a championship in his lifetime? Does he want to lift that trophy? Like the, why did you buy a team? Why are you continuing to own that team late into your life? Like, why are you happy to accept mediocrity late into your life when if we build over the next three, four seasons, you'll be in your early 90s and you have an opportunity to win a championship in the twilight of your life? Because once you hit early, mid 90s, you may not fully comprehend what's going on anymore. That's not a knock on Herb Simon. That's the fact of life. That's how life works. So do you want a championship? And if you don't want a championship, why do you have a team? Is my question. I mean, Justin, I know you were going to swear. I feel like I'm doing everything, but but it's so frustrating to me to think that the owner is willing to accept an outcome that doesn't win a championship. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I love that rant. I, I loved it because I think 99% of Pace Nation would agree with you there. And, um, you know, him saying fans don't want to see a rebuild, well, we're last in attendance in the league, so fans don't want to see the product we're putting out in the court right now. Like, he's obviously a very smart businessman with everything he's done in life, but when you've got fans being like, what, what are you saying? It doesn't even make sense. Like, we are last in the NBA in attendance. If we were first, yeah, okay, you got a point. You know, fans are paying to see the paces played. We're doing something right. We are dead last. So, frustrated, like, you know, you're... You really question, you know, we're doing this podcast. We're spending time away from jobs and families and work because we love the paces. But when you when you read an owner come out and say things like that, it really makes you question, like, what, why do you even do this stuff? Like, if you've got their head honcho not even wanting to win a championship, like, just happy with being 10th to 14th or 8th to 12th every year, what's the point? Um, I, I feel bad for Pritchard. I, I, I do. Um, if it is true, he did he did want to rebuild because he's probably getting pot shots. People think he's a bad GM and he can't make moves. The owner's going, no, nah, I'm, I'm happy with this team. Let's build on it. We're not rebuilding. We, we retool. We'll, we'll make one move. We'll, we'll trade a Justin Holiday and get, get PJ Washington. Maybe that'll spice things up. Like, please, seriously, like, I don't know. If, if we go past the trade deadline without making a move, Herb Simon's lucky he doesn't have a Twitter account because I'd, I'd be adding him a few few choice words. It, and it, it does make it difficult to follow a team. I mean, when you look at the effort that was put forward against Miami the other day, I mean, that was one of the more disgraceful paces losses I've seen in the last five to 10 years. Miami was so shorthanded and got everything they wanted behind the line, got all these open three-pointers and made almost all of them. and. There was no adjustment. There was no motivation. There was no comeback. We just didn't have it. And it looked like the players weren't trying all that hard after a while. And that's not a criticism that you want to ever level at the team that you support. I mean, I've been saying this about the 
Tasmania Jack Jumpers that just joined the NBL. Now they're one and four right now. They are a brand new team, but you know what? I can guarantee you that next game up, they will be trying their asses off the entire 40 minute game. They will be playing extremely hard defense. They will be pushing the ball on offense. They will be trying to fight for every loose ball. They'll be trying to get every possible advantage that they can get at any time uh, because they want to win. And this team doesn't show you anything like that consistently. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it shows you when everything's going well, when we're in front, we look great. But when we're behind, when we're, you know, if just not our night, the team don't really bounce back all that much. I mean, is it just me or is there, does there seem to be a bit of a flaw with the way that this team reacts to adversity? Completely agree. And, you know, I love how Pacer fans, some Pacer fans always complain at the start of the year. Oh, why are we not on national TV? Why? That's, That's disgusting. Why. Yeah. Disrespectful. Because every time we're on it, we get blown out. Like every time we're on TNT, we get blown out. That, that was embarrassing. It was as embarrassing as a loss I've ever seen as a Pacer fan. And I'm glad it was on national TV because I'll tell you what, they won't be picking up another Pacer game all year. Uh, you know, if there's a COVID thing, they will not be putting paces on again. And I'm I'm glad the whole country saw that because that's the state of the team. That is the state of the team right now. Um, that effort was embarrassing. Let's put it in perspective. Paces always, Paces ownership and fans always say, oh, you know, if we're healthy, if we're healthy, we're only missing TJ Warren. Like Miami, no Jimmy Butler, no Bam, no Victor Oladipo, no Marcus Morris, no PJ Tucker. Like, should I continue? That whole roster was out and they, they were up 30 on us. Absolute embarrassment. Um, you know, Oladipo was on the sideline. I'm sure he was thinking, thank God I got out of there. Very and, you happy know, that, with that decision. Very, very happy. happy. So, yeah, that was about as tough as it gets. And I'm sure, I hope really ownership and players met after that game and said, oh, all right, like, that can't happen again. And we need to move in a different direction. I really hope because, yeah, if you can't sweep that one under the rug. No, you, you can't. I mean, you, you, you can't continue to play with that little effort. I mean, we are 13th in the East right now. Um, and it's a weird season because there's a lot of parity. We're two and a half games out of eight. <laughs> like we're 13th and we're two and a half games out of eight. And you know that, as you said earlier, that's what they're selling themselves on internally. And... I don't blame the players, the management, et cetera, for that because they have to try to win. That's their job to try to win. But if you are ownership in front office, you have to look at this team for what it is. And at the moment, it is a failed experiment. So you have to do something about that. Um, the players shouldn't try any less hard than they're currently trying. I'm not saying that at all, but you need to build for next season, the season after that, the season after that, because this season you're not winning a championship. So what are you doing? What are you aiming for? You're aiming to make the playoffs? Great. What a great victory for Pacers basketball. We finished ninth, made the playoffs and got blown out four times by insert team. I mean, it's just really, you just get tired of it, I think, after a while. So... Cool. Yeah, and yeah, we always say, how long has it been since the Pacers won a first round series? It's been years and years. Like yeah. Paul George was a Pacer. It's, it's just not this. This has not worked. I mean, people had it on Larry Bird, but I mean, Larry Bird did build a contender. Um, and I think Herb, 
Herb would have given a lot more free reign to Larry to for him to do what he wants, whereas I think he's having more of a say now because um, Larry's left the organisation. So, yeah, it, it's tough sledding. Um, it's a real tough time to be a Pace fan. Look, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are a diehard Pacer fan. Because we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Yeah, like, we appreciate it because a lot of people have switched off and you listen 20 minutes deep into a Pacerous podcast. You're a diehard, one-eyed fan that cares so much about this team and we feel you. And hopefully, you know, us venting our frustration, you're, you're kind of nodding your head in agreements. Yep. We'll finish with this. Herb Simon, get a bucket list, put a championship on it and do whatever you can to achieve it because like you're 87 mate what what else what what is net what is left for you to achieve in your life you're a multi-billionaire you've achieved a great deal in ownership and in the nba and in charity work and philanthropic uh philanthropic work you're you're a great citizen but can you just do what is necessary to give us a contender please that's all we're asking. Do what's necessary to give us a contender. We've been the Paceroos. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully 2022 is the year that we decide to rebuild. See you next time.